Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. On today's episode, Sean Mansour stops by. He is the founder and managing partner of Sean A. Mansour PLLC, and we're talking about cannabis law. Sean and his firm have a 100% success rate with the MRA, and he's one of the founding members of the Michigan Marijuana Law Section, which means if you're talking about cannabis law, this is the man you call. So we did, and we made a podcast. Enjoy. As I said today, Sean Manshur, how are you, my friend? I am so excited to talk today. Eric, thanks for having me on the show. I'm doing great. Um, working, staying busy, but everything's everything's well. Thank you. And one of the fascinating things I would love to get your take, because you've been in this industry for a minute, but one of the most fascinating things coming out of COVID is early on, cannabis was deemed an essential service. And I'd love to get your take on if you were able to time travel back five years and someone said, hey, uh, Sean, if I give you a hundred bucks, if cannabis is an essential service during a pandemic, would you take that bet? <laughs> uh, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you were to ask me five years ago, if I would be practicing cannabis law, I'd probably tell you you're crazy. So a lot has changed. In the last and so let Sean, let's start there. What, sure. you know, talk about how you got into law and what that was like, and then how you found yourself in cannabis law. Cause I love these stories where, um, some weird, you know, turn of the wrist. Absolutely. Yeah. Left, I, left turn instead of the right turn. And then here we are. I'll tell you one thing for sure. I didn't think I'd be doing this when I was sitting in law school. But um, to be quite honest with you, I didn't know exactly what type of law I was going to practice when I was in law school. When I got out of law school, I dabbled in a few things. I litigated. I got a lot of good experience litigating. And um, I've just always been a business guy. It's been my background through family and other business ventures. And um, when cannabis came alive, when in uh, 2016, when the uh, MFLA came alive, essentially, um, I'll tell you a little bit more how I got involved in the business. But once I did it, it just it skyrocketed, and things have been great ever since. So, can you take me back to maybe what that moment was where you thought, okay, this is the fit, right? You're in law school, and you're thinking, I don't know, I could do this, I could prosecute, I could litigate, I could be a defense attorney, whatever, and then you land on this and go, this suit fits pretty well. Let's do this and see where this goes. My story is a little bit different than probably most attorneys, and it was kind of just luck, and it happened by chance. Um, I own a building, and I don't need to tell you necessarily where this building is, but I own a building, and someone called on this building one day and said, would you be interested in selling me your building? And I had just purchased this building maybe three or four months prior to that phone call, um, and the asking price was extremely high. So, you know, my ears perked up, and I'm like, all right, well, like, why are you so interested in my building? And I didn't get the answer that I was looking for. Um, long story short, I, I, little, I found out that this was a marijuana zoned property and I didn't know anything about marijuana zoned properties at the time. Uh, MFLA had just come out and I was like, you know what, I've got to figure this out. I want to get to the bottom of it. And if someone else is going to reap the benefits of my building, I may as well look into it and figure out, you know, what's going on with this law and what's going on with the local municipality. And I did, and I, I downloaded the MFLA. I printed it out. I sat it down on my desk over here. Um, I went to, I kind of ignored it, went back to work doing what I was doing for a couple of weeks. And then uh, business wasn't great. You know, business was okay, but I wasn't like the busiest attorney. So I'm sitting in the office one day, I had some time and I picked up this act and I start reading through the law. And as I'm reading through it, I'm just like, it's almost like you're, uh, you have an epiphany, like, right. This is brand new law. Nobody knows this. You know, there's not too many attorneys that know this. So I, I sort of looked at it like an opportunity to become an expert in a field in a very short amount of time. Whereas 
let's say criminal defense per se, I would, it would have taken me 10 to 15 years to really become an expert in that field. John, you're, you're underselling yourself a little bit when you use the word expert. It seems like you're saying it with a lowercase e and it really should be a capital E given your batting average with the MRA. Can you talk for people who are getting into this industry? So there are lawyers that are trying to get into the space just as much as there are you know, realist, real estate individuals. There are people who own other franchises that are trying to get into the space. And they've got a lot of questions because it's not as if this is a clean cut way to navigate into a business. It's very difficult. There's a lot to know and there's a lot of people to lean on. For you, Sean, if you're my first call, what are we talking about that very first time we meet? Well, to, to pick up on what you said, if, this, if people think this is a quick way to get rich scheme, it's not. And it's not easy. Um, and there's a lot of red tape and there's a lot of regulation involved, which I think are all positive things for the industry. The more regulation, the better for the industry, the better for the stigma of the industry. Um, but generally, I like to ask the first question I ask people is, and it's indirectly asking them how serious they are about this, because the last thing I want to do is take someone's money and get them pre-qualified by the state and not see them, you know, see it through. Right. Right. A, a ton of, there are a ton of people that are pre-qualified by the state, but they've yet to acquire a property or do anything with that. So the first thing I really ask people is, do you have a business plan? Do you have an idea of like who on your team is going to locate the property? Who on your team is going to be your cultivator? For instance, if you're going to go into a growth facility, who on your team is going to be the operator in a retail facility um, and just building out the, your team essentially so that you can go and execute this business plan. Otherwise you're just going into this thing blind. And um, it may end up costing you hundreds of thousands of dollars by the time it's all said and done. Now, that's not to say that's what you need to get pre-qualified by the state. Now, Sean, what are some of the pitfalls? I mean, you've, you've been doing this for four years. You were early in on all of this. You've probably seen just about every place someone gets tripped up that there can be. But if there were a top two or three, where do people mostly get tripped up either, either after they come to you or before they come to you? Not necessarily. Um, so after they come, to, the first thing we're likely to do with a client is get them pre-qualified through the MRA. Uh, the second step in the process after they're pre-qualified is to locate a property, a municipality that's in a green zone, they call. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yep. That to me is the biggest hurdle. And the reason I call that the biggest hurdle is because what the state's done is they've given all the power to the municipalities, whether to opt in or out and how to regulate these things, the number of locations, where they're going to put them, the whole nine. They've given all this power to the municipalities and most municipalities, I hate to say it, have kind of been sitting on their hands and haven't done anything and haven't made any moves. And that's become hard on the entrepreneurs that are trying to invest in the industry. When you go to a county and 98% of the cities in the county are not opted in, it's really hard to you know locate a property, invest in, and uh, make worthwhile the prequal that you, the, the pre-qualification process you went through. You know what I mean, Eric? So that's I do. The, that's yeah, the I do. biggest hurdle definitely is locating a property in a municipality that you can actually um, license and get up and running. Do you feel the municipalities are waiting for either the stigma to die down or some sort of nefarious thing to happen to go, see, I told you we shouldn't have done this and or wait for municipality A that has opted in to see all of this incremental tax revenue. And then they go, oh yeah, maybe we should do that. Like which one of those is holding most of these municipalities up? I think it's the fear of the unknown. Um, and it definitely is the stigma and this idea that it's going to have a negative effect on the children and the schools and things of that nature. I think that's the, the biggest fear for most municipalities. So you're right. What they do is most of them say, well, so-and-so down the streets opted in. Let's just see how it works out for them. And if it works out well for them, then, 
you know, we'll, we'll, we'll consider this in the future or something like that. Um, and I think they're missing the boat on it because I think it's first to market. It's going to benefit the most. So what other things are you seeing as we're coming out of a very weird year with the cannabis industry in 2020, where all of this, all of these moving parts, all of this revenue poured into the state, and now 2021, you're seeing more of the same. I'm wondering, given your, your early entry into this universe, what are you seeing for the remainder of this year into 2022 and 23 that we can expect in Michigan? It's tough to say. Um, my predictions for 2021 didn't come through, and that's because of COVID. COVID kind of threw a wrench in everything and delayed processes that I think people would have seen been more expedited had COVID not happened. So um, what I see is I see from the state level um, a merging of Med and Rec into one standard licensing type. And from the municipality's perspective, I see more and more municipalities opting in. I do. I think they're going to start to see the benefit. I see. I thought 2021 would be a big year, but now because of COVID, I think 2022 will be the bigger year, especially if we get the virus under control and things can start to open back up. I think you'll start to see more municipalities have city council discussions. Now, now a lot of these discussions, Eric, um, they're precipitated by town hall meetings, opinions, people, you know, so it's hard to have those when you have, when we have COVID and people can't meet and have these larger gatherings. So I think the virus kind of played hand in hand with that. When you see the virus start to go away, you're going to see more and more municipalities have these discussions. Um, I think the benefits are already clear. So if there's like, if the, if you're, if you're asking it, are municipalities going to see more and more of the benefits? I hope so. But to me, they're already clear today. So Sean, if I'm listening to this right now and I want to get in the space and I need an expert, what's the easiest way to get a hold of you? Is it call? Is it email? Is it Instagram? Where, where's the best place to get you? Well, we're open to all forms of communication, but I'd love if you called my office, 586-630-3701. We're very good about returning calls within 24 hours. My assistant or myself will return your phone call. And um, we offer a consultation. I got to get a feel for what you're looking to do in the space, what you've developed. You know, not all clients are the same. Some clients know nothing about cannabis. They like call and we meet and they're like, Sean, I don't know anything. And we go through a, a pretty big spiel of the various aspects of it. And then I have some more seasoned clients that come in and they have a particular building in mind. They want to get that license. They're already pre-qualified. They understand the industry. They don't need much of my help, but they need me to work on a particular thing for them. Um, so my office covers pretty much all aspects of cannabis. And one thing we didn't cover that we, my office also does is we work with caregivers all the time. Caregivers are starting to see, um, some issues with municipalities, um, permitting issues, things of that nature. So, we're helping caregivers also navigate through those channels as well. How So how fast is that the cannabis universe moving for you? As you say, there's these issues popping up as rec goes one direction, caregivers go in the other. What's this like for you on a day-to-day basis to kind of keep up with the law or at least be on the bleeding edge so you can make some educated decisions on what to tell your clients? I'll tell you what, it keeps me on my feet, so it's fun. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, definitely, I'm always, my mind's always spinning. I'm always researching new articles, keeping updated with the news and whatnot, and talking to colleagues within the industry. But I would say the most difficult piece for me has been advising, especially when people ask about like, like what you asked, like the future, the outlook. Um, And everyone wants to know, like, when is this, you know, when is the federal government going to make this federally legal? And they're all worried about what that effect's going to have on the local municipalities. And these are just questions I struggle with on an everyday basis, but I try to formulate the best opinion I can based on what I know what I see. 
Um, something I haven't mentioned is I've also invested in the industry, Eric. So like proof to my clients, I believe in this because I've invested a lot of money into it myself. Um, and as a business, as an investor in the industry, I'd like to say we have a pretty nice outlook for the next few years. Um, given the current administration, I don't see any huge movement coming. Um, so uh, I don't know. It's all it's pretty much a guessing game, but it's an educated guessing game, right? Sean, thank you for your time, buddy. Have a great week. Appreciate you, Eric. Have a good one. Thank you, sir.